You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, did you know the Texans have a nice fan base in the United Kingdom? Well, at today's show, I'll have a guest joining us all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland, who's as big a Texans fan as you'll find. He'll tell us about the UK Texans group in just a few seconds. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And on the line with us, from the birthplace of Sean Connery and the current home of J.K. Rowling is Ewan de St. Croix. And Ewan, you're a regular listener to the show as well, right? Yeah, I'm Robert. How you doing? And thanks very much for having me on. And um, yeah, great job you guys do keeping uh, fans like myself informed about the Texans, even though there's 4,000 miles between us. Absolutely. It's a, it's a blast that, that we're getting this kind of response from as far away as there. And, and, and how in the world... Did you become a Texans and an American football fan? Uh, so I, I'd always had an appreciation for the game. I used to watch the NFL Europe uh, when, when it was played, the, Scot- the Scottish Claymores. And so I always, always had an understanding for the game. And back in uh, 2012, we were due to visit one of our friends who'd been seconded to his Houston office. And we also had another friend who grew up in Houston um, as a kid. And he was just there for the last couple of years of the Oilers. And um, so we said we'd go and visit a game um, and we, we made ourselves way to NRG for week nine in, in the uh, 2012 season and the team were kind of riding high and um, it was a real kind of special part. And I always remember when JJ just kind of got a bit of a cleanup sack right right just before the end of the first half and you really felt the energy and the vibrancy of NRG Stadium that day and it was kind of that kind of moment I kind of realised, I think, right, well, one, this is the team for me. Um, and two, what it's like to see a big play live like that. And it's really, it's really a great feeling, and it's something that keeps us coming back every year now. Is the NFL, is it, is it hard to follow it first? Or the, is the, I mean, because, I mean, even we get confused by the rule, cha- the rule changes year in and year out and all the different stuff. And we're usually mad at a, a lot of the stuff that they, they do call or don't call. H- how do you guys deal with it there? I mean, you're just kind of learning this. I, you know, we, we grew up with it from birth. Picking it up uh, sort of in the middle, how difficult is that? Yeah, I, I think with the age of technology and social media and, and all these kind of things, I think that really makes it a bit easier. And the more you watch, the more you learn, and it's difficult. I know the league definitely tries to complicate it and make and even changes the league's halfway, you know, change the rules halfway through the league year as he did last year without really telling anybody in the caps rule and now the, now the helmet, lowering the helmet rule and, and the changing of special teams. It's The game's changing, but for the better and the safe, safety of the players. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy to keep up with. <laughs> Tell me about the UK Texans fan base. Uh, how many people do you guys have in that group or roughly or, you know, how many would you say are, are interested in that just from the people that you know? Yeah, so I, I mean, the NFL as a kind of as a, a concept is definitely growing. I think we've we've gone from a group of two guys um, to this year there'll be nine of us all traveling to to Indianapolis uh, for the road game and then at home for the big one against the Dallas Cowboys. So it's kind of grown grown arms and legs over the years, and there is a lot of kind of jerseys you see around, and uh, we do know of some people. I think we've. We've got a kind of domestic group around about kind of 30 guys now that are all kind of um, across kind of Scotland and sort of Northern England. Uh, but the kind of base of us, it's about nine or 10 of us in Edinburgh that we kind of get together and watch the, watch the games every week religiously. How popular is American football over there? Have you seen a huge growth over the last few years? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I mean, that's clear on on a Sunday the the amount of bars that will show it, or the amount of you know jerseys or caps that you'll see with teams' logos. I, I think it's probably grown in the same way that the NBA has grown in America, where people are are kind of fans of the league or fans of players more than they are the team. Um, I think what makes us kind of different is we are you know Houston Texans fans, and that's where it starts and that's where it ends for us. And um, but certainly that the league as it's grown and the kind of Super Bowl as a concept, I think, continues to grow. And definitely you can see that with the with the games over here. But I'd be lucky enough to go to some of the games in London. But I mean, it doesn't really compare to the real thing or a, a tailgate of Kirby drivers. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to replicate, that's for sure. Yeah, I want to get into the experience that, that you've had as far as the road trips and all that stuff in just a bit. But I mean, when when you're out in Edinburgh, do you see other fans like other of other teams that are just not just Texans fans? I mean, if you're rooting for the Texans, there's somebody rooting for the opposite team when you go out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we kind of watch a lot of the um, stuff on Game Pass, so we kind of watch. I, I like to kind of have only text on Texans only when we watch the game. I think, but um, but yeah, no, you do see. I mean, I think obviously when teams are successful, you know or have got a great history like the Raiders or the Steelers or obviously New England being so successful over the last few years. And then obviously, I'm, you know, there's a lot more uh, Philadelphia caps flying around now than there ever was. So, yeah, you definitely do see it. And I, I was at a music festival recently, actually, and somebody's kind of came up to me and noticed that, you know, my Texans hat and kind of started chatting to me about who, who he was a, a Steelers fan. So, yeah, it's definitely on the rise, that's for sure. Well, the UK Texans are about to embark on the sixth road trip from what you told me. And I want to find out about your upcoming trip and some of the past ones. But before we talk about that, let me just ask everyone who's listening from all around the world that if you're enjoying Lockdown Texans, tell all your Texans friends, let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google podcast app, iTunes, and most anywhere you're going to find your favorite podcast. Do us a favor. Share the links to our show with your social media followers so we can bring more people to the party. We also want you to be a part of the conversation. So email LockedOnTexans at mail.com for questions or comments. That's how I got in touch with you. And again, that's LockedOnTexans at mail.com. So you and I, I know you've got a hell of a Texans road trip coming up this season. But before I get to that, tell me about some of your past road trips and, and what they've been like and what your experience has been. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you, you take our kind of inaugural kind of road trip was to Dallas in 2014. It was just the start of the, the Bill, Bill O'Brien era. And we didn't make to the 2013 season. I think that was probably for the best, the way that season turned out. And <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the kind of drama with Gary Kubiak and how it all kind of un, un, unfolded. But... Um, and the demise of Matt Schaub's right shoulder. Um, but it was it was a great, I mean, the, the, the day, and I think what, what made me kind of come back, and, and I think our experience kind of sold it to other people, was being in Dallas um, for that road game, uh, week five of the, 20, of the 2014 season. And we got in, into town before the game, and there was rumours of kind of 25,000, 35,000 Texans fans going to be there. Everybody met up on Daily Plaza with the travelling Texans. And then I think by the time we got rolled round to game day, um, Romo goes to a silent snap count in the building, and I think there must have been fifty thousand plus Texans in in the stadium that day. And the you know the atmosphere was just something that I'd never experienced before, even at a kind of European soccer game or anything like that. It was just it was you know it was a real experience. And I remember watching Arian Foster and just the way he sort of glided across the turf. And I remember he duked out the safety Barry Church to take it in the end zone just before, uh, just in the second half to try and get us back into the game. And I always remember the common commentators line you better pick up your laundry Barry and it always kind of stuck with me that day and this we were so close 
the atmosphere was was so was so great. Um, and I remember walking out the stadium, just kind of feeling drained, just living every down, and, and really kind of it was just a great experience. And I just thought at that point, I, I'm going to have to keep coming back for this because it's um, it's something you know you can't get anywhere else, and it's a, a great experience. And and the, and I think the as the, the trips have gone by, we've, we've we went to Carolina in 2015, a week two, and we witnessed the Ryan Mallet experiment and again it wasn't really it was another defeat but it wasn't really the quality of football Robert that was bringing us back it was the kind of people we, we met and we've got some lifetime friends that we'll keep you know we'll keep in touch with and people that we've bonded over watching this team and you know, I'd have to give a big shout out to our local representative uh, as we call him Ruben who uh, looks looks after us and makes sure we you know we, we've experienced that southern hospitality because I think the people of Texas and really treat you as one of their own and I think really for us that's been that's been you know really added to it because it's not certainly been the quality of some of the football we've watched it's been the people in the and the uh in the cities and the towns that you, you visit that probably otherwise you wouldn't have had a reason to go compare and contrast a little bit what's the uh difference in the crowd and and how that whole experience takes place between an NFL game and contrast that with a a European soccer game uh, yeah, I think the, the the language is much better. I think the use of vocabulary certainly in it from the crowd, <laughs> crowd is is definitely much better. I think I think in terms of when, like like I said earlier, I think I remember witnessing when we won Sun, against Sunday night and we saw some of the best of Brock Osweiler uh, when we beat Indianapolis at home in overtime and um, you know we came back right from you know we thought Andrew Luck had done it to us again and even though you know I think some people had made for the exit um, before that point. The, when when a, a game in NRG and even in Seattle, and we'll probably come on to that in a bit, Robert, to talk about Seattle last year, but because I think it's a big thing to do with the architecture of the stadiums and the, and the design, and it's all built around a fan experience, I think the NFL has mastered that in the sense that you're creating everything for the fan. But I think I think certainly there's there's le- it can be less intimidating, I think, at times, uh, because we've we we sat in, in in Denver, we sat in the in the midst of where we were told we were going to get a hard time and. It wasn't. It didn't really compare much to a uh, to a soccer game and some of the experiences I've had. It was certainly less intimidating, but uh, but it's more about the kind of the, the day out and the tailgating and all these kind of things. You don't really have that in a European soccer game, and it's it's it's, it's uh, what's really kind of makes that kind of carnival atmosphere special. I think, bar a sort of kind of you know a final or a or a championship game, I think that's probably where it only gets close in European soccer. What was the experience like in Seattle? Because even among American stadiums, I mean, that's considered the craziest uh, or maybe the loudest fan base. I don't know about the craziest, but definitely uh, the loudest fan base and their 12th man is, is legendary among all NFL nation. Yeah, I mean, it was that that was probably I mean, that was I talk about kind of Dean and Jerry World for that road game. But I think that was our best experience, I think, in terms of, of Seattle and being on the road and I remember the sort of run-up of, of that week and all the controversy with the comments of Bob McNair. And you, I remember walking into the stadium thinking, you know, I think this, you know, this could be a real tough, tough uh, ask today to get a result, just where the players might be mentally because of all that. Um, and I always remember when and Deshaun, he had a f- fantastic game that day, and it was probably the moment I actually realised he was real. But when he when he threw that that pick six and Earl Thomas took it back to the house, that was that was the loudest I've ever heard um, a crowd noise. And I, I think it's just the way the stadium is built, and it's conducive to that. But it was it was a real you know it was really something special that day in terms of how you know it was it was a shootout, and again we just lost out on a, a poor third down call. But the atmosphere that day and how we were received as as sort of travelling Texans with our flag, it was a a real kind of special day, I think, last year. And I think we'll, we'll struggle to top that as we go forward. 
What kind of stuff uh, do people ask you when you go on these trips at, at NFL stadiums? What are they curious about from your perspective? Well, I, I think they hear the accent and the, they're unsure of, uh, of the origin. It's, it, usually it's Australian, Irish, English, Welsh, and I think Scot- Scottish is about maybe the seventh or eighth down the list. I think that's, that's, usually the, <laughs> that's usually the first point of call. And then I think when people realize, and I think why we've probably you know, made so many friends, I think with, you know, with the Texans fan base and as well as you know, when you go on the road, I think when people realize you've made a lot of sacrifices and made such a, you know, a long trip um, to go and do something like that, I think people find it quite interesting. And I think that took us quite a few years for us to kind of get our head around as a group because we, we thought, you know, why is everybody kind of speaking to us? <laughs> but um, it was because it was quite unique in the sense that, we'd, you know, we'd gone all this way and we had so, you know, despite being, you know, from completely different countries, but, could, you know, could talk could talk about the game just you know as eloquently as any as anybody there so yeah i think they're, they're always interested in why you're here why you're a texans fan and but yeah certainly there it's um it's always it's always been um the, the best part of it is meeting meeting the people you kind of teased it earlier but tell us more about your trip this year how many people maybe that you're expecting to go on it and uh just uh what what the plan is yeah so we've got eight guys going so we fly to indianapolis um for the road game so we'll be up there to go and see the return of luck and, and see what their team looks like. And I think that's going to be it's going to be a really good trip. I think we're excited in terms of you know how this team looks. And um, I think the, the, the biggest difference now, Robert, is that we've got an added element of we actually might be quite good. Um, we've probably not had that before. So, I mean, the excitement is, is, is big. I think we'll definitely um, try and catch an Astros game at some point while we're in town. And um, being a part of the Astros winning the World Series last year was Again, it just added to the trip in the sense that it was some, you know, watching kind of 40, 40 odd years of heart kind of washed away um, that night when they won. It was something really special to be a part of that kind of piece of history. So hopefully that yeah, I know they've not been playing well of late, but if they can kind of get back to form and, and make the playoffs, um, hopefully one of the uh, games and one of the series will be there when we're in Houston. And then we usually kind of um, do a bit of a road trip between the, the two cities. So we'll, we'll stop off in usually Austin or Dallas for a couple of nights and, and check that out. And then we'll be in Houston for predominantly most of the trip. And we'll be there for the big one, I think. Um, certainly proven difficult to get tickets this year, but um, for the big one and on Sunday night football um, against the Cowboys. And just after visit, you know, visiting Dallas for the last one, you know, four years ago, and it only comes around every eight years at home, I think it'll be a really special special evening and I think you know with the, the kind of roster we're building this year you know pretty positive that we're going to hopefully uh, for the first time ever see two wins which we've never done before in any of our trips so yeah excited and looking forward to it, Robert. Yeah that sounds uh, great you of course the Cowboys I mean that's that's always huge uh, Houston loves the Cowboys game every four years and we wish we played them every year of course we, we can't go through the whole show without getting your expectations for this year's Texans. But before we do that, I just want to do a quick reminder that if you'd like to check out more shows from our Locked On Network, go to LockedOnSports.com. We just launched the college channel for the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a fan of Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, uh, Oklahoma, Baylor, Penn State, Oregon, or BYU, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow those for free. The Locked On Network is on pace for 30 million downloads this year. Again, it's all on LockedOnSports.com. All right, Ewan, now the important stuff. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this year's Texan team? Give me, give me some maybe concerns and, and what your expectations for them might be. Yeah, well, I, I think on paper, this team is probably the best roster O'Brien's had in, in going into year five. I think, obviously, there's some real kind of 
real holes. Um, I think, you know, obviously the depth at tackle and seeing Martinez ranking come back off the injury list, I think, was a big boost because I think we're really, really thin there. And, and just as we are at corner on the outside position, I think we're, you know, we're a couple of injuries. And obviously injuries is the biggest factor in this league. And nobody suffered more than us last year and in that department. But I think those are the two positions that kind of stick out to me that are concerns. And hopefully, you know, being number four in the waiver wire, we can potentially pick some kind of pieces up to try and plug some of those holes when, when, when the, the cut comes down to the 53-man uh, roster, but I, like, I think in terms of the, the draft, and, and obviously it's the first one of the Bill, you know, of the Brian Gain Bill O'Brien tandem. I think it looks relatively positive in terms of the two Jordans at tight end and Kiki Kuti. You know, um, you know, soft tissue in, injuries aside, can you know be be a good player in the slot for us, and you know, put pieces around Deshaun and it's, that's the, our biggest thing is we need to protect him and give him as many outlets to you know to pass the ball as as we can. I think the, obviously the biggest concern with the line and transferring the line from you know or transplanting bar one piece of, of Nick Martin in the centre can we run the ball and take some pressure off to Sean because if he has to sit back in the pocket and throw every game I think I don't think that'll necessarily be a recipe for success as we go. But I, obviously Robert the biggest thing we've done is is get Romeo Cornell back with a headset you know and, and McKinney's earpiece because I think. He's, he's got more experience and he's, he'll forget more games than, than you know many will ever watch and you can see that just in a couple of pre-season games I think we're fundamentally a lot more sound and setting the edge and following your assignment which last year we didn't have under Vrabel and the Honey Badger I think he's going to be hopefully you know this is the first pre-season that he's not had to rehab so can he give us the leadership and that kind of ball hawk we've never really had at safety in our front seven I think you'd be hard pressed to to find a stronger and, and good depth along the line as well. So, and I, I mean, the great equaliser in this league, Robert, is is a franchise passer. So if you don't have one, your ceiling's stuck about nine and seven, and that's where we've been. So, you know, that, that's got to be the absolute, you know, baseline acceptance of where this team will end up with. You know, we've finally got a guy who can who can spin it under centre and, and command and command a team, and we've not had that yet. So I think we, we need. A wild card at the minimum would be my would be my uh, kind of expectation, I think. And then moving forward from that, it just it's all down to kind of injuries and and, and can we stay fit? You know, can we get a bit of luck on the road? I think because in the O'Brien era, it's been kind of defined by not being great on the road, winning in the division, and being better down the stretch. And I think the division's a lot stronger this year, so that takes one of the strengths away. And also our our start our our sort of two road games to start the season is going to be incredibly difficult. So I mean, the outlook for this team is. Hugely positive, but you know, as this and what makes this league so interesting is there's just so many variables that that could swing it for and against you. So, do you say nine and seven? Is that what you're saying for the, your prediction? I, I think that's I think that's the, the base. I, I I think I've got a longer term prediction of where I think Deshaun will take us. If you want to hear it, Robert. Yeah, go ahead. So I I I, I think Johnny Harris um, on the Texans radio had touched on this before, and it, it's kind of stuck with me. And I, I I think if you look at Deshaun's career, I think he went to the to the the state championship as a high school quarterback, lost it, went back the next year and won it. He did the same in in college ball when he got beat off Alabama, went right back the next year and and won it. So I know, and history's got a funny way of repeating itself. So could that happen a third time? I think quite possibly it could do. Um, could could we go to could we go to one? Lose it and then go back. The next, you know, have the have the will and the uh, and the mindset and strength of a team to go back and win it the next year. I think I think potentially there's there's something potentially already written for us there. I like how you're thinking. That's good stuff. I got a sort of off the wall question, but who is the most Scottish sounding Texans player ever? The two names I'm going to submit to you are Sherrick McManus 
and Bryce McCain. Mm, Bernardrick McKinney can't, can't be too far behind. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to bring him up next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, t- it tends to be a, a lot of kind of sort of British kind of names. Um, you do see that around the league. I think obviously like Watt being an Irish name or anything with a, a Mick in it, I think definitely is going to be, uh, it's definitely going to have some Scottish origin in there. Uh, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, also, uh, I haven't been to Scotland, but uh, believe it or not, this is you're going to laugh, but I, I do have an uncle named Scott Land. So I don't know if that right. counts if, for anything. And <laughs> uh, True story. But yeah, my dad actually, I haven't been there, but my dad actually went and visited all the old golf courses there, took one of those kind of road trips, and he had a blast. He's a big golf guy. So yeah, just I'd love to, love to visit there someday, but definitely want to catch up with you when you're here. So uh, we're going to have to stay in contact when you come to Houston and maybe uh, go grab a drink afterwards or something like that or, or sometime that weekend. Absolutely fantastic to, to talk to you. And it's great to hear that there's uh, this huge fan or growing fan base over there as well. Yeah, Robert, no, let's, let's definitely do that. And uh, looking forward to meeting other guys and I'll, uh, I'll send you a picture of our, our flag. So if anybody sees it, if you want to tweet that out and everybody sees us, you know, come and say hi and uh, looking forward to this season. So thanks for having us, Robert. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Just stick with me for a couple of seconds because I want to remind everybody that Brian Patterson has got everything covered in the Rockets, Astros, Texans, and Houston sports on HouseOfHouston.com, a Houston Sports Talk podcast. Easy to find on iTunes, the Google Podcast, and most anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. That's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.